Welcome to the third live episode of the third season of the Pour Your Heart Out podcast. I am your humble host, Elias Hinojosa, and today we have a very, very special episode with an incredibly special guest. His name is Michael Costello. You might know him from Project Runway. He's a legend on Project Runway. He's also designed for Gaga, Beyonce, and J-Lo. He has works that are in the Grammy Museum, he has won an Emmy for his work on American Horror Story, and we're really excited to have him on the podcast today. So let me connect him. Yo. Hey, Michael, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. South Texas, there's thunder and lightning about. So if you hear something in the distance, it's not flatulence, I promise. It's not the Rona. It's thunder. <laughs> no, it's not the Rona. How are you doing? I love the good. mask. It looks very good. Thank on you. It. Thank you. Let me give you a little demo of my mask here. So we made these. These are really great masks because um, they offer a lot of protection from the normal wear and tear and day the day things they're not medical grade but uh, medical workers can wear them over their n95 mask and because there's such a huge scare all over the world and a huge scare like in los angeles too mm -hmm. um and a shortage on all these supplies where, where you can't get them anywhere a lot of workers are using the same mask mm -hmm. and reusing the same mask all over all over the hospitals and it's so dangerous it's putting their lives at risk every day um so it's sad that they don't have the supplies and the things that they need to, to protect themselves. So we wanted to come up with an idea. You know, we can't make medical grade. We can't make uh, the KN95 or the N95 mask that they're required to wear. Mm -hmm. But we said, well, let's make the mask out of what we can to just stop them from touching their eyes, their nose and mouth, which is so yeah. important. It is so, so we came important. up with peace. I love that. I love that. Now, it's been about a year since we last spoke to you on the Pour Your Heart No, Out it has not. Has it been a year? It has been about, oh, maybe a little less. But I know that you are born and bred in California. You love yeah. Los Angeles with all your heart. So how has it been? Uh, how has your home been handling this crisis? Oh, not really. No one's taking it lightly out here. You know, fortunately, people about the last maybe 10 days have really tried hard to quarantine themselves. A lot of people were still going out and they didn't care, but now the mayor, uh, Eric Garcetti, has issued so many things and, you know, he's really on it. We have a, a really wonderful mayor who's telling everybody what to do and, and, and businesses now are finally complying. A lot of people are starting to understand what's going on. Nobody was really taking it that seriously and, and now finally they are and People are staying home and staying safe and only going out when they should go out. But um, to go back to your question, they're not taking it lightly. I mean, I'm not. I'm not taking it lightly at all. Um, you know, just like everyone here in California, we've we've all lost. Everybody feels this this uh, sense of defeat. Everyone feels, you know, like we've. We were basically starting all over again, and and this is this is a hard one. This is the biggest pandemic and national crisis that we've we've ever had to endure, and it's it's not just happening here; it's happening all over the world. And um, I I feel like for my story, for my um, for my story of getting through this, you know, 
unfortunately, I haven't really um, lost any family um, to the virus. I, I do know a few people and a few friends in New York who have who have passed away. And um, each person's story with this is, is different, but somehow we're still all in this together yeah. because it's happening all over the world. Yes, like you said, it's happening all over the world. And for the first time in a really long time, everyone's yeah. on the same page globally. And the world knows you as a world-renowned designer, but you have navigated your, your, your craft in a different way since the totally. virus hit. So <laughs> yeah. tell us, tell us a little bit about- I hate my face like this, because I'm, I'm like leaning down, it's making my face look fat like that. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to re, re put my phone somewhere else, because so, this okay. is my angle, like this, this is better. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you repeat your question again? Yes, of course. So like you said, the world is on the same page because everyone is dealing with the same thing at the same time. And, and the world knows you as a world-renowned designer, uh, but you've shifted your focus and, and what you're designing. Can you tell us a little bit about the Million Mask yeah. mission? So um, I started the Million Mask mission on March 15th. Um, it was during the time when uh, President Trump addressed the nation about the coronavirus pandemic and uh, the national you know, emergency that we were having and um, how there was such a huge shortage for medical gear, people needing face masks. Governor Cuomo um, in New York put out a statement that they don't have any masks. And Christian Siriano was the first one who put out a tweet about saying, if the governor needs masks, let's make masks. I seen that and I said, well, how can we partner up together and I'll hold down LA and you take care of New York and we'll put it together. I'll put a team together. I'll figure some stuff out. Um, I wish I could say he got back to me and we came up with a great plan of what to do in a course of action. But I just kind of like took over and said, you know what, I'm going to do what I can to uh, get designers in Los Angeles together. So one of my really good friends, um, uh, her name is Christina Pacelli. She's a fashion stylist. She styles a lot of people. Um, one of her most biggest clients is Laverne Cox. So um, she styles Laverne. We talked together and we said, let's get groups of different sewers together. Let's put a team together. Let's um, help them to get fabrics and everything. We started really small to use what we had. And I had so much fabric in my warehouse and I said, we'll just use this. I said, I don't even know if it's medical grade or not. Can, can we use this? Is it gonna be fine? And we just started doubling the fabric and just said, well, anything is better than nothing at this point. It's, it's, it's mainly for them to stop touching their nose, face and, and, yeah. and sneezing on someone and don't touch your eyes. And so we decided to get fabric and cut it into groups of seven, groups of eight yards, groups of nine yards and send it to designers all over the world so that they can all help on this together and hit that million mask mark. Um, even though I, I, I'm happy to take responsibility and ownership and say that I initiated this in Los Angeles area. Um, it's not a who wore it better. It's not whose mask is better. It's not like a who are you wearing on the red carpet. There's no competition here. Mm -hmm. The message behind Million, uh, Million Mask Mission is that if we can all come together, 
because we're all in this together, then we can help each other out. If you have sewing machines at home and you have the facility, the capability to sew, then let me send you fabric. Let me send you supplies. Let me send you stuff and let's do it together. We don't have to compete with each other on this. It's not about whose mask is going to be cuter or, you know, it's something that we just have to hit that mark and get out there. And fortunately, I'm very happy that we have been in a position to be acknowledged by some, you know, some of the biggest hospitals and some of the biggest laboratory scientists have reached out to us. Now, right now, it's now it's so sad because it has turned into a competition and reality stars are jumping in to make masks and other people are coming in to make masks and it's getting designer and Louis Vuitton, this yeah. and all of that, you know. People will make money where they want to make money. That's fine. People are now making money off of it and they're forgetting the importance of the message. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, we've been, we've been approached by, you know, the, the mayor of Los Angeles, uh, his assistant, Larry uh, Vasquez, a city councilwoman, uh, Nuri Martinez, who's also wearing our mask. And we've also been asked to work with the city to create LAPD, which is Los Angeles Police Department, um, one of the biggest police departments in the world, um, has approached us and asked us to make these type of protective facial covers for them. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're we're hitting we're hitting the right people and we're getting our message across. The positive thing is that we want to remind everyone is before we started selling the mask on our website, we were making them here just so that I can give jobs to the seven women who work with me because they've also lost everything. They've lost, you know, their, their financial income. They've lost the ability to take care of their families who live in other countries, other Mm -hmm. States, other parts Mm -hmm. of the world. Um, This was their job. So yes, I was affected. Everyone was effective, but you know, this thing, like you said once before, the ripple effect, it takes, it's a ripple effect. It hits everywhere. And um, I don't know anyone who has not been affected by the coronavirus in some type of way, whether they've contacted the virus or whether it hit them, what if they got let go of their job. Mm-hmm. Um, even people who are, you know, this virus sees no race, it sees no gender, it sees no, you know, it's just came to seek, conquer, and destroy, unfortunately. But like I said, I started this with my ladies so that I could continue to give them jobs, continue to give them hope, continue to give them, um, you know, something because they're so used to coming here for seven years. And, you know, we work on a gown. We work on a a beaded dress. We work on a a J-Lo piece. We work on a a Beyonce dress. We work on a Mariah Carey show, you know. We, that's what we're known for. That's what we're used for. We're a huge celebrity company who gets uh, lots of red carpet exposure, lots of placement with gowns. And the women who work here are used to coming in and, and doing just that. Yeah. So that got robbed from them within days. It put them out of work, put them out of, in a comfort zone. To that. It, it took them right out of their comfort zone, all of us. So that's why I started this. And now they have somewhat something to look forward to again. They, um, you know, it may, we may not be doing what we love, but we're doing what we can. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's where we're at right now with everything. I mean, there's so much more I can tell you, but I talk a lot. So you got to tell me when to shut up so you can get a question. (laughs) No, I love that. I love that. Not only are you helping people who need the masks, but you're helping the people who have been working for you for years and who are 
would normally be out of a job. So thank you, yeah. first of all, for helping us and, and your employees and your workers in this time of need. Um, now, how has your, I know you've mentioned a little bit about where you've been donating and where your masks have been going, but, but where have they been going and what's the feedback that you've been getting because of it? It's been a wonderful feedback. Um, I mean, our process is very unique. It's very original. It's kind of amazing uh, the way the way I process this. Most people that are accepting charitable donations, you know, they go through. They they go through. Uh, you know, I don't even know the titles, but they just go through a lot of people that are, that have higher positions in order to arrange for the donations, or or to go to a goodwill, or they'll go to. Um, like uh, like uh, the Salvation Army, um, a lot of people have been reaching out to me directly on Instagram and through my direct messages and messaging me on the daily saying, please, Michael, we are in uh, Baton Rouge or Michael, we're in Massachusetts. Um, we're in uh, downtown Los Angeles. I'm in Santa Monica. We're in Culver City. We're in Pomona. The, now, for those of you who are watching us and if you're uh, on Heartwater's feed and you're on my feed, I just named a few cities that are, uh, that are some are in the Los Angeles vicinity, some of them are in the Pomona vicinity. Uh, I named, you know, Massachusetts, but it's all over the entire world. There's tons of different places that are reaching out to us, um, smaller hospitals, larger hospitals. Um, we've got contacted from Cedar sinai Medical Hospital. We've got contacted from Hollywood Presbyterian. We've been contacted from, uh, like I said, some of the biggest hospitals. And they're all sending us messages through Instagram and our messages. So when they send us these messages, I sit there, and a lot of people don't know this, but after we're done working on getting the mask shipped out in the daytime, fulfilling the uh, request, I go back home and I start doing it again up until 4 a.m. I've even done live video feeds and stories just so people know that how serious I am when I take this. Thank you, Susanna. Um, so, so our requests that we get in are, 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 are very interesting because you couldn't get these personal requests by just dropping something off to a, a hospital. You couldn't get interaction with these people just by leaving something on their doorstep. Mm -hmm. I really do take, could, could we shut the phone off? Sorry. Okay. Um, hold, on. hold on. Guys, I'm on a live. <laughs> it's an important one. Um, so we, you know, like I'm saying, it's a very, it's a very personal thing that has uh, affected me. And I feel like I, I know that I want to be a hero. I know I can be a superhero and save everybody. Mm -hmm. But one thing I'm trying to do is still remain approachable and, and direct and try and reach out to these places and, and help them. Because if you see the messages that I get, um, you know, they're heartbreaking. They're, they're, it's, they, are, they are really intense. There's people who send you extreme stories about, you know, their own personal situations and what they're dealing with, how the virus has affected their hospital and how some of them may have gotten let go. Some of them are not even allowed to come back to their ward without protective facial gear. Some of them are using T-shirts, brassieres, um, you know, hats, and some of them are cutting up clothes to try and come up to be inventive and creative to wear a protective face mask. And they cannot, they can, they, the doctors and the nurses and the director of the facilities are not even letting them back into the, 
into the facility. So not only are they losing their jobs, they're losing it because they have no protective gear. So it's sad. It's really hard. And I'm trying as hard as I can on a day-to-day basis to respond to them, read their messages, and all of our team work countless day and nights and hours to get them the mask that they need just so that they can go back to work and take care of us. And the number one thing that we can do is Mm -hmm. stop being so selfish because we don't need to leave the house. Mm -hmm. We don't need to go to parties. We don't need to socialize. We don't need to have social gatherings. We need to put those selfish things aside and stay home and stay safe so that the people who can get the care really can get it. Because if we don't take that seriously, we can pass something on to somebody else. And that works in the ripple effect, like you said. One person affects three, three people affect nine, nine people affect 12, 12 infect 24. Mm-hmm. And that's what's been put on the CDC's website. And people just don't seem to understand that. And it's sad. But, you know, if we stay home, we stay safe, we make these masks, we get them to the people who need them. Like, it, like I'm being honest. It's not about how many masks I could sell at the end of the day because I could sell a million in three mm-hmm. days, you mm-hmm. know, and have fun with the money. But that's not what we're trying to do here. People need to understand that the selling pitch was a motivation to get people to buy them because each person who buys one, they pay for that lady's day rate so that she can continue going on making more masks here. And every mask that sells, we donate one to another hospital. And we don't just send one, we send thousands. I'm going to give you guys a tour in a little bit and you can see what it is exactly that we're doing. Yes, that'd be great. That'd be so amazing. And Michael, I have been, I've been reading, there's been a lot of stuff on the news about uh, yes. what makes an essential business. So to you, what makes a business essential in this um, day and age? I think, well, right now, um, to, to be considered essential, you have to make medical grade masks and protect, uh, protective gear for hospitals, mm-hmm. or else you're not considered a necessity or an essential business. <laughs> but um I think what makes some uh, business essential is um, the heart and soul that the owner puts into the company and having an incredible and dedicated team. Um, I've said it once before, I think when I've interviewed with you guys before, like you have to wake up in the morning and say, I can't wait to go to work. And that always has to be instilled upon you. And you always have to feel that inside. And the day that that starts to go away or the week or the month or the year that that starts to go away and your heart's not in it anymore, then you lose everything that's special about about your company. I mean, let's face it. Every company is going to have its highs and every company is going to have its lows. But you have to be able to take everything like you do with a grain of salt. And you have to be able to roll with the punches. There's no such thing as a perfect business or a perfect business plan. Every business has its flaws, including my own. I don't care how professional you are. You're going you're gonna to have a mess up and it's going to happen. But what makes you a part of a business of being essential is having um, a good message, a good story, a good meaning behind your business. Purpose. You have to, yeah, you have to have a good purpose in life and you have to be able to be kind. And if you're not kind, then I just don't want to fucking deal with you. You know, yeah. like that's me being rude about being kind. Because <laughs> <laughs> kindness Love goes that. a lot of way. It's so yeah. important to treat people how you want to be treated. And mm-hmm. that's the main essential that I try to strive for on a day-to-day basis here at Michael Costello. 
Yes, and at Heartwater, I mean, our purpose has shifted um, a little bit since everything broke out. You know, we're, we're doing yeah. buy one, get one with the, with the waters, donating to hospitals. And something that Heartwater and Michael Costello have in common is our sanitation process. So talk yes. a little bit about the packaging process on what you're doing. So we're working with a fantastic uh, manufacturing company. His name is Kenny Lim, and um, I'll be posting him uh, pretty soon. So one of the one, what happens is the sewing machines are in the back cranking out the the fabrics. All the ladies are wearing masks and everything, but we still have to sanitize the fabric before it gets shipped out. So it goes through a UV filtered ray light that also sits under a sanitization machine. When the machine sprays the fabric, it's also steaming the fabric. It's pressing it and it's run through a UV ray light. That sanit that sanitizes it. It kills the microbicomium by 1.5%, which is what's needed in order to make the medical grade fa face mask. Yeah. So everything works really wonderfully. It gets packaged in a package that I'm going to show you. And it actually shrinks the fabric too. So once it's washed, it's been a big washing machine. And they come out out of the sewing machine kind of looking like this kind of big and kind of puffy uh -huh. but then once it gets packaged you can see the difference here after it's in a after it goes through the uv ray machine and in the washing it gets packaged like this so i'll show you and i'll do a camera flip so you can see how they look before and after so this is it before and this is it after so and then it gets put in this bag and it says Face mask, not intended for clinical use, size small. So we put that on there so that they could know that these are not part of the KN95 or the N95 mask. Yeah. But I do want to show you something that's really fun and something really cool. Follow me. This is our fulfillment center where we're um, processing and distributing all the people who Wow. Are, are, are getting donations and people who are ordering and this is Leo and this is Rita who don't want to be on camera right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, so I'm going to show you something really cool. So this is this here, what you're looking at right now uh -huh. is a KN95 mask. We have about four here that's left. We've given these to the ladies who are all working in here. They're all six feet apart. Oh. One, two, and three. They're all working in there. These are the designer fabrics. Um, these are the fabrics that we cut out for designers to make the sewing, to, to make the protective mask at home. So all the designers get a package and a bundle like this with elastic for the ones who want to sew from home. This is what we make for them. And then there's more masks being made here. I love that. So not only are you making masks, but you're also making these packages for other people yes. to make masks as well. Yeah. We're making packages here for mm. other people to join in and help make these masks because it's, it's important. Like I said, we're, we're, we're a business, but we're not a business that's trying to make money off of this hot commodity right now, which is, oh, let's make masks. Let's sell them. Everybody needs one. So let's try and bank on that. The motive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're not that. So I've been working, you know, just closely with my team, different prototypes. I mean, we've got it wrong. We've thought we've had it right. We, you know, we're like I said, nobody's perfect. But we did develop this mask that we thought was absolutely great 
to work with the um the doctors because a lot of people let's get one thing right a lot of people who are making these masks they're not medical grade and um they haven't been tested with a sneeze test or a match test now if you don't know what the sneeze test is um you could put the mask on and sneeze and if you can feel uh you know, a little hint of wind or anything coming out, then that mask is not going to be hospital grade. If you can blow out a match with the with the uh, mask on, that's not a medical grade mask. Um, even if you get the fabric and you doubled it or tripled it, you then create it to be almost unbreathable, and that's not going to work either. <laughs> so, right now, they, these are these are medical grade masks. So, if you put it on like this, and then you form it to your face. Mm -hmm. It fits really nicely, and this uh, this blocks out ninety five percent of any bite, any bacteria, two point six percent of the microbials that you find in any of the hospital that could come in contact with the um, with the virus. So this is the shortage of what most of the hospitals are short on. A lot of them are like this. A lot of them have a filter right here, which filtrates mm -hmm. the air that comes in and goes out. Um, so we created this based around this shape so that, yes, it can provide a little bit style, but it also provides a little bit more coverage to the mask that you already have because most of the doctors and the nurses and the healthcare physicians, as well as the frontliners, and, yeah. and the, you know, they're all reusing them. And it's so difficult because they put their lives at risk every single day by reusing these masks. And let's face it, some of them are in the medical field. They're not in the fashion field. They don't know that you can wash this. They're so used to taking it off, throwing it away because these are, these are at their disposal. These go anywhere you can buy these for, you know, five cents. They used to be like five cents for a ton of packs. Now they're on the market starting at $1.50 all the way up to $3.25. So it's crazy what's happening. So we developed these. So just in case you have to reuse your KN95 or your 95 mask, this fits so nicely and perfect and snug right over it. And looks great too, but that's and not the point. And it looks great too. And you're also getting really good protection on this. Now, like I said earlier, there's so many. See that? You just tuck it right under. Like I said, there's so many companies out there right now trying to profit, trying to bank off of this, mm -hmm. and it's fine. Let them do that. It's mm -hmm. a fad. It's going to go away as soon as we get the shipment in from the doctors and as soon as we get the shipment in from the boats and the people who produce these masks. I'm happy. It's not going to ruin my business. It's not going to affect me at all one bit. We need these medical-grade masks. We need them. We don't need these protective ones. These are just an idea that we can put out in this time of the crisis to help the people dealing with what they're dealing with. And unlike any other company, when I started this on March 15th, on March 21st, one of the major laboratory executive directors reached out to us to test our fabric to see how effective the ratio and percentages of the fabric that we're using. And uh -huh. we're the only ones right now in Los Angeles that's capable of making a fabric effective rate of 78%, which is incredible. That is remarkable, Michael. I know. And I did that because there's too many, you know, people out there getting sick and too many people out there, you know, taking a chance. It wasn't to prove to all the haters because you're going to get comments no matter what. I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. Yeah. I'm going to get comments from people being, those are not affected. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're selling. This is mm -hmm. this, this and this. Yeah. And yeah. I hope you like my impersonation. <laughs> 
But um, <laughs> great. One. But I did that also, and his name is Raphael, mm -hmm. and um, they do work for Cedar Sinai Medical Hospital, and they're some of the highest scientists out there to test the products. And yeah, I'm happy to post the results. We got nothing to hide. We're happy here. We feel like we're doing a good thing. I don't want any credit for it. I just wanna, I just wanna be able to continue to give the ladies here a little hope. Um, feed them something good when they're hungry and um, you know just basically keep keep something going until things get better because I know yes. yeah things will get better too we're so happy here at Heartwater to see what you're doing for the world and here in the podcast we always like to end every episode with a little anecdote and that anecdote is called the ripple effect and what the ripple effect is everybody who's watching and listening is it's a chain reaction it's a domino effect that happens whenever you you pour your heart out and you share your story so yeah. michael costello for you in 29 in 2020 what does the ripple effect mean um let me think i don't know why you got to put me on the spot like that? <laughs> I mean, you, I feel you, like you I'm did... on Jeopardy. I no. Like on Jeopardy. I'll take Ripple for 200. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a much and then here comes the daily And here comes the daily double, and I don't know what to say. Um, okay, well, what does it mean to affect so many lives or potentially affect so many lives with what you're doing? Um... Well, to be, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm taking, I'm not taking this uh, standing up. It's been, it's been really difficult for me with, with dealing with the personal messages and the direct messages that come in. And of course, it's very difficult to reel out the riffraff through all of it because everybody wants like a free mask type thing. Mm -hmm. But what people seem to not understand is. Um, the only way I can help is when I go through my direct messages and sit there at night to read them in order to get the people the help that they need. But it's also caused me some psychological and spiritual um, illness, you know, because I'm not used to this type of request. I'm used to somebody saying, can you add more fringe? Can you put more crystals on the sleeve and can you make it yeah. in red? You know, that's what I'm used to. I'm not used to hearing stories like my son is in another room because my husband is isolated and he, I haven't been able to hold my son at night and, and put him to sleep because I'm afraid I might get him infected. I'm not used to hearing stories like uh, this morning, my grandfather passed away and we were not able to bury the body because there was too many people and it's not allowed to be uh, a gathering more than this yeah. and this many people. So I guess my ripple effect is I'm not really feeling, you know, overwhelmed with the workload. I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling fatigue and, and, and stressed and feeling a little bit of anxiety because I've never dealt with anything like this. Yeah. And um, I could tell you what the positive is that I'm feeling. The positive feeling that I know that I'm, that I'm feeling is that I'm able to get people the mask that they need in order for them to do their jobs in order for us to keep on going until we get to a better place. Yeah. I love that. I also got my coronavirus test results today and they're negative. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> just putting that out there, everybody. Just putting it out there. Yes. Well, like Gail said, I mean, it must be very hard on the heart to experience and read all the messages that are coming your way, but you are doing something about it. And you said earlier in our conversation that you're not a superhero, but we all can be superheroes in our own tiny way during this, this crisis. So it's really important to find your purpose, to enact that enact that ripple effect and make some change and just provide some help. And that's exactly what you're doing, Michael. So thank you so much for what you're doing, you. for coming out on the podcast. And we don't want to take up more of your time because we understand your time is, time is valuable, especially right now. So get back yeah. to work. We love you. We love what you're doing. And we hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. And uh, shout out to uh, Ileana. I see her right there. Hi, Ileana. <laughs> Good. Thank you for coming. Oh, I touched my face. No, I can't do this. No, no, now I got to go sanitize. <laughs> yeah, we need to. We need to follow the steps, everybody. Follow the CDC guidelines. Oh, guys, if you're, um, if you're watching right now, uh, last thing I want to leave you. Like I said, this is not a competition. Whoever wants to make masks can make masks. I will tell you that once the Kardashians start making masks, then no one needs to make them anymore. So <laughs> we'll be fine because everybody will buy them and they'll get them all to all the hospitals who need them. Uh, but what I do want to tell you is if you're looking for CDC and government approval and how to make the mask at home, the best thing that you can do is go to coronavirus slash laprotects.com. That's coronavirus laprotects slash I'll post it just so you don't get it confused. And on that website, laprotects.com, it gives you a guideline of everything from how to make them, how to, what fabrics to use, and it'll also tell you what hospitals are looking for donations and accepting donations. The best thing we could also tell you is please, 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 don't take this upon yourself to just start making masks and go and dropping them off at hospitals. A hospital is the number one scariest place that you can just walk up to right now and drop something off. Okay, so point of advice. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for You're welcome. teaching okay. us a thing or two. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. You Bye, too. Michael. Bye. All righty, folks. There you have it. That has been our episode of the Pour Your Heart Out podcast with Michael Costello. So thank you, Michael, for that. Now, everybody watching, remember, be kind, be smart, and be safe. We will talk to you next Friday around the same time. So stay tuned. Pour your heart out, everybody. God bless.